All right, so we are in the middle. I'm going to get right to it because I feel like I'm going to need every bit of, of the time tonight. Um, we are right in the middle of a series entitled Miracle Signs and Wonders. I am doing a sub-series um, that is entitled A Master Miracle. God is performing miracles in our lives by delivering us from worldly taskmasters. And I've spent several weeks explaining uh, what a, a task, a worldly taskmaster is and identifying some of them. And tonight we're going to move to the fourth taskmaster. Let me, let me just kind of go through this little recap really quick. We learned that worldly taskmasters desire to dwell prevalently in the lives of God's people we learned that they have the full intention of keeping God's people from being able to serve God freely, okay? So you can be God's child and still be under a worldly taskmaster. We did, we did identify that, and God has said, I've come to set my people free so they can worship me freely and not be bound by the things of this world. I felt like the Lord said that he was going to miraculously deliver people out from under the oppression of worldly taskmasters. We, we compared present-day America to Moses' day with Pharaoh and the children of Israel, and we spent a week or two comparing how they are just parallel. Um, spent quite a bit of time over the last three weeks trying to explain that most if not all of the worldly taskmasters I'm going to be referring to are necessary and good, okay? So please remember that. I'm talking about very necessary things and I'm talking about very good things. Just because it's a, I am talking about it as a taskmaster does not mean it's not a good thing. It is a good thing. The problem is, is when it's in, in the wrong place in your life in its improper place, it goes from being a good thing into being a taskmaster, okay? So the things that I am identifying are not bad things. It's just when they are out of their proper place, they become oppressive taskmasters, okay? It is our relationship with these things that determines whether or not we have dominion over them or if they have dominion over us, okay? It's the positioning. We should have dominion over all of these things. The problem is when they have dominion over us, okay? Up until now, we have identified three worldly taskmasters. We are going to be off of those. This is the last time I'm going to mention them for a while. And we've talked about these three, money, material possessions, and debt, and how we have to ask ourselves the question, do I operate with dominion over money or does money have dominion over me? Do I have dominion over material possessions or does the desire for pos material possessions have dominion over me? And do I have dominion over debt or does debt have dominion over me? We have to ask those, ourselves those questions. So that sets us up for tonight and tonight's Taskmaster is such an important one. It's such a big one that it's going to take the entire 50 minutes. I'll try at some point maybe to close my eyes and have an intermission where everybody can sneak out if you want to. 
Um, but it, it's going to be fun. I had a, I, it is going to be, it's going to be a great lesson tonight. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the, the opportunity that you have given me to share your word. It is a big task, and Lord, I recognize truly that I cannot do it without your empowerment. I'm going to say exactly what Jesus said. I can only speak what I hear the Father say. So, Lord, I feel like I've heard from you, but I cannot speak it if you don't speak it through me. And, Lord, I ask that you would open every single heart, whether they be in this room or whether they be listening, live stream, however they are hearing this word. Lord, I pray that their hearts would be open, that you would open their ears, and that your word would go forth and be imparted, given until it is received. Set your people free tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so tonight we're going to identify the fourth taskmaster, and um, it is a taskmaster that is commonly referred to as sex, okay? We're going to talk about the taskmaster of sex tonight, and it's, it's, it, don't squirm, it's not going to be, it's not going to be, it's not going to be bad, okay? First of all, I am a female in the presence of mixed company, so don't worry, it's going to be all very appropriate, but I do believe eyes will be opened tonight. So we are, we are going to dive into this deeply. We're going to start on this taskmaster by looking at God's original plan, okay? God's original plan, God's original covenant. We're going to go to Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Keep going. So God created man in his own Im image, in the image of God. He created him male and female, he created them. Keep going. Then God blessed them. Everybody say blessed. God blessed them. You see that? Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Feel the land and conquer it. And then he told them what to rule over. Okay, now, Brother Bill, if you'll go to verse 31. So God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. All right? Now we're going to jump to Genesis 2 and 24. This is, remember, this is the original plan. This is why, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his, everybody say that next word. Why? Hey, Todd, could I get you maybe to give me just a little, a little more, um, um, I don't know, treble or something? Yeah, <laughs> something. It just sounds like, um, it sounds to me, and I know it's probably where I'm standing. It sounds like I'm, on, I'm in a little muffled. Okay, maybe some reverb. Make my voice sound pretty. I've been coughing. Help me. Give me a, an auto-tuner. All right, so 
Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and cling to his wife. What does wife show there? Marriage. Right off the bat. Marriage, covenant. And they shall become one flesh. All right? So, if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you two points tonight. Write this in your phone. Write this on paper. Point number one, looking at God's original covenant, God's original design, God's original plan. That is what we compare ourselves to. We do not compare ourselves to the world. We compare ourselves to God's original. Correct? If we want to get it right, we go back to the original. All right? So comparing your marriage to all the broken marriages around you, comparing your mental health to all the dysfunction around you, comparing your religion and your, right, your relationship with God to all the lost around you, you're going to feel pretty good about things. But God has called us to go back to the original, to the original plan and compare to his standards. So that's what we're going to do tonight. So point number one, sexual intimacy is God's design. Do not believe anything other than that. God created and designed sexual intimacy. It is God's thought. It is what God put into motion. It was designed, sexual intimacy was designed by God and was placed within the boundaries of something called marriage. Therefore, a man, a single man, shall leave his father and mother. Leaving his father and mother represents a single man. A single man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. He moves into the confines, into the institution, into the covenant of marriage. And then they become one flesh. And just so you'll know, that was God's design to be a blood covenant. Covenants in the Bible were made with blood. Okay, that is why Jesus Christ had to shed his blood for us to redeem us. Okay, so this is why a man leaves his, his father and his mother and clings to his wife and they become one flesh. That's God's plan. Sexual intimacy is God's design and marriage is a covenant. Everybody say that with me. Is a covenant also designed by God. Okay, marriage is a covenant designed by God and authored by God. Designed and authored by God and God alone. Marriage is not man's idea. Sex is not man's idea. It is God's. Therefore, the terms of the marriage covenant are not up to man to make nor change nor break. They, are, they can only be changed by the one who made them so God sets the terms for marriage and therefore only God can change the terms for marriage since man did not design marriage man cannot define marriage which means man cannot change the boundaries in the terms of marriage am I making sense to everybody okay let's let's let, let me actually show you <clears throat> 
If you would give me the triangle on the screen, please, Miss Casey. The terms of the marriage covenant are only God's to make, only God's to break, and God won't break them. Okay? So we are, that is not something that changes through the years. It does not evolve. God is the same today as he was yesterday. And I'm going to teach this slowly because I really want it to sink in and I don't want anything to go over anybody's mind. So this is what a covenant looks like, okay? I want to thank my daughter-in-law, Lexi, for helping me with all of this. So we've got it right here too, okay? Oh, I knew I should have put that headset on, Todd. Okay. So God created husband. God created man. God created woman. God joined them together. Does everybody understand in construction that the triangle, am I right, Jamie, that in construction the triangle is like one of the strongest um, shapes? I mean, what's the structures? Thank you, Lexi. She's going to help me all day long. It's one of the strongest. And so here we have a covenant where God created man, God created woman, and God joined man and woman together. That is a covenant. This is why I am showing you this, and I'm going to say this one more time. This was joined together with a blood covenant. I called my mom and I said, will everybody understand what I'm talking about? I assume that you do. Okay? When a man and his wife come together, it was God's intention for the first time that that was to be a blood covenant that lasted forever. This is why I'm spending some time on this because... The world's system has worked offensively to counterfeit this covenant. So now it is, when my children were in high school, and I have one that's almost finished, Bryce said, Mom, nobody in high school is a virgin. Nobody. It's not even okay. It's not even okay to talk about saving yourself for marriage. So what has happened through the years? Understand, the churches have dropped the ball. Very hard lesson for me to teach tonight. But I signed up and I promised the Lord that we wanted revival his way. And so therefore, he says, you teach what I tell you to teach. And he just began to show me that the church, because this is a super hard subject to talk about and I hope I have proven to the enemy I hope I have proven to you and I'm trying to still prove to myself that I'm not going to back up from hard subjects that over the centuries generation to generation under the empire system the kingdom of this world has eroded and eroded and eroded to the point now that marriage is called and considered just a piece of paper this is why Russ, will you bring me a boom stand please this is why well i need I, you can hold the microphone if you want this, this is why Todd make me for the future. Put that headset on. 
Let me read my notes while he's bringing this to me. The world system has worked offensively to counterfeit God's covenant and has diluted it down to just a piece of paper. How many of you have heard it said before? Oh, it's just a piece of paper. It's just a piece of paper. It's just a piece of paper. And this is, thank you, my handsome. Yeah, that's good. I think that's good. I was making sure I didn't call, call him his, um, his nickname. It just rolls out. They said Sunday night, I told, I said, play the drums, boo-boo, again, and the microphone never even knew it. So I was, I was making sure I called him Bryce. Okay, so um, the world system has turned this, diluted this into something that they say it's just a piece of paper, and this is the danger of that, okay? Because when it's just a piece of paper, it can easily be. ripped okay a covenant is not easily broken but when something is just a piece of paper it is easily torn apart and people believe that since it's just a piece of paper you can rip it and separate with a clean break but this is what the Lord showed me he said when I am the author of this covenant and it is broken I am affected I am affected let me show you another thing so if it's just a piece of paper then we can have an easy breach we can have an easy breach but the strength then is affected fully. And what God designed no longer is at all like he designed it. What I'm trying to tell you here is that when we cheapen God's covenant of marriage, it affects God. You may hate your spouse, and you may think the person deserves all the pain they're getting but it affects God because it is not your spouse's or the other person that you don't like it was not their design and it is not their creation and it is not theirs it is God's ultimately the most pain that is felt is God's let me tell you what he showed me when the world reduces marriage to just a piece of paper then they teach that marriage can just a broken marriage can have a nice clean easy break but he said the reality is this when the covenant of marriage is broken it rips my heart I'm not teaching on marriage tonight I've already taught strong families make strong churches but if I don't establish this then I can't establish the reality of what the world has in mind here's another example that he gave me how many of you know the scripture that says 
that our bodies are the temple for the Holy Spirit. So that means that my body is, is God's house, correct? My body is God's house. So I was, as he was showing me this all week long, he gave me this word picture. And if you could put the next set of pictures up there. So here we have a house, correct? We have a house and we have children. I'm going to try to bring this together where it will help you have God's perspective. We have a, a, a house there and children. The father of that house, if he comes in to the house one day or say he's sleeping and he wakes up to an intruder that has encroached upon his home, and begins to harm his children. Yes, the Lord said, he was showing me this, yes, it hurts the children. But what do you think it does to the heart of that father? What do you think it does to the heart of that father? And here is the reality. We all know God is our father. That, mean, that makes us his children. And when there is a home, which is us. Let me get my notes in order. And his children in the home, which is a marriage, and a third party encroaches in on that marriage. As a third party, you might feel like, you're just hurting, maybe, the other spouse. You moved in on God's house. You moved in on God's house. And yes, you're hurting, as the burglarer, the children. You are hurting that marriage. You are hurting the other spouse. You are hurting the person that you are in a relationship with. And I think that's all people think. But you are absolutely infuriating the master of that house. You're encroaching upon God's house. Okay? So this is what I have to tell you as a pastor. When an intruder or a third party moves in to a marriage, you better know you're affecting the father. Everybody repeat this after me. Marriage is a covenant. Come on, say it. Marriage is a covenant. Now say this. Marriage is God's covenant. So listen to me good. I'm going to start with the women since I'm a woman. Women of covenant. Be a woman of covenant. Women of covenant church. You walk in covenant. In the morning, in the evening, in your home, on your job, in this church, in your car, 2 a.m., 2 p.m., in your dress, in your speech, in your actions, in your communication, in your relationship, in everything you do, walk in covenant with God Almighty. Okay? From your pastor to you women. You are a woman of covenant church. 
Be a woman, woman of covenant with God. I'm going to say it how I wrote it, and I, it, will may, it will mean that I repeated a couple of things, but there are just some things worth repeating. Women of Covenant Church, be women of covenant every single minute of every single day. Be women of covenant at all times, in every way, whether you're alone or surrounded by people. In your dress, in your speech, in your conversation, in your relationships, in your heart, in your attitude. Because you're in covenant with God Almighty. If you're flirty and you're seductive and you have the reputation of being a home wrecker, the Lord has told me to tell you, it is not just another woman's husband that you are encroaching upon. It is your father's home you are breaching. And it affects him. Men of Covenant Church, let me issue this motivation to you. Be men of covenant at all times, in every way, on the job, off the job, alone or surrounded by people, in your mannerisms, in your actions, in your talk, in your walk. Be men in covenant with the one true God. The next time anyone is tempted to start a private conversation, whether through social media or in public or in private, I don't think seducing spirits don't try to connect in the church. Anytime you start a conversation outside of your marriage or if you're single with someone that is married, remember that God is in your conversation. Do not breach the Father's house. In fact, this is what he showed me today. He hated the breach of his home so much that in the Levitical law, Leviticus 20 and 10, you may think this is legalistic. This is not. This is, this is very, God understands what he's doing, okay? Leviticus 20 and 10. Casey, if you would take it, um, I'll give her a second to get there because I did not, I got this after I pat, turned in my scriptures. It says, and I want everybody to be able to see it, the man who commits adultery with another man's wife, he who commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. That was in the Levitical law. And you can say to me, but we're not under the Levitical law. And I'm going to say correct. But that principle is still in action today. Go to Colossians 3 and 5. How about we go to Colossians 3 and 1? New Testament. New Testament says, I'll give her time to get there. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which, were, which are above, it'd be Colossians 3 and 1, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Okay, I'm going to let her go. Now go to like five. I think it's five, Casey. I want everybody to be able to see this part 
and be able to read it with me. So remember I said, the Levitical law says the adulterer and the adulteress shall be put to death. And I told you that principle is still in action today. Everybody read with me. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. It's not this time talking about the physical people. It's talking about the spirit. It's talking about the action. Put to death. It's talking about all eyes right here. Let me tell you, it's talking about the taskmaster. That's what it's talking about. Put to death the taskmaster. Put to death fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, and idolatry. That word there, fornication, actually in the Greek translates into the word pornea. I know you've heard that word before. Pornea actually is defined in Strong's Concordance as harlotry, adultery, incest, idolatry, fornication. It also is defined as illicit sexual activity, period. Illicit sexual activity. Anytime sex moves out of God's plan into the wrong position, it's pornea, it's a taskmaster, and God says, put it to death in your life. So don't say Pastor Bree is saying we should kill people. No, we should kill the world's taskmaster of sexual idolatry in the church. You're going to say in the church? Yes, I will tell you. Revelations 2 and 1 tells us it's in the church. Follow me here. I appreciate nobody getting up and leaving on me. Give me plenty of time to explain myself. Hopefully I can make it plain and simple. Hopefully I can say it loudly and clearly. Sex is a beautiful thing. Sex is a beautiful thing within the confines of a marriage covenant. Sex is a beautiful thing within the confines of a marriage covenant. But outside of the marriage covenant, it becomes a taskmaster. Listen to me here. It is a taskmaster that torments wives. It is a taskmaster that seduces husbands. It is a taskmaster that molests children. It is a taskmaster that binds up the strong, destroys marriages, tears up homes and churches. Point number one, make sure I made it very clear. Where did I put it? Say it again. I say it just like I wrote it. Sexual intimacy is God's design. All right? Point number two, sex was designed by God to reproduce. Let's go back to the beginning. Casey will go to Genesis 1, 27 and 28. So after God created man and woman, okay, after God created man and woman, placing them in covenant together with him, he then, God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God, everybody say the next word. 
Say it loud. Blessed. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, and what's the next word? Multiply and fill the land. Don't answer this out loud, but let me just ask you this question. How did he intend for them to multiply? How did he intend for them to fill the land by his design called sexual intimacy that was designed with the empowerment for reproduction integrated into it? So sexual intimacy, according to God, is very necessary, and it is very good, and it was designed to reproduce. Now, I was kind of picking with my little friend Casey last week. I said, I'm going to move into the taskmaster of sex and talking about how sex is, was designed to reproduce, and I just needed a family that could prove that point. <laughs> I got the Kidrys, I got the Morrisons, <laughs> I got the Trawicks and the Whitmores. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm not really going to call you up, but it is cute. I love it. I love it. So it was designed by God to reproduce. And he intended for them to enjoy his design and his creation. If you are married and you battle guilt for sex within your marriage, that is the enemy. There should be no guilt in a marriage bed. That is just as much of the enemy as seduction is outside of marriage. So if you're married, God intended for husbands and wives to enjoy his design and his covenant. So sexual intimacy has the God-given power to reproduce. Sexual intimacy has the power of multiplication within it. Everybody say multiplication. He did not say here, be fruitful and add. He said, be fruitful and multiply. That means his design was given exponential power, power of multiplication. But that means that design as a taskmaster has multiplication power. It reproduces as a taskmaster. With the intention on God's part, being that his creation would keep it in proper relationship, being fruitful and multiplying his creation and multiplying his goodness throughout the earth. Okay? You got that? He gave it, he gave it multiplication power with the intention that that sexual intimacy would reproduce his children, his creation, and his goodness on the earth but many of you have heard me say to every valuable thing that God created the enemy has distorted a counterfeit the enemy does not have you know this he does not have creative power he has counterfeit power since he doesn't have creation power he has to wait for God to create something and then he distorts it. He takes the value away. Since he can't offer value and create, he just 
devalues what God creates and distorts and turns it into a counterfeit. He has distorting power. <clears throat> the problem with this is that sex as a taskmaster has reproductive power. Love is distorted into the taskmaster of lust. Dominion power that he gave us is distorted into the taskmaster of dominating passion. Passion that dominates and lust that overpowers. Psalm 16 and 4 shows us this. Psalm 16 and 4 says, Their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after another God. So what that means, when sex becomes our taskmaster, it becomes our ruler, it becomes in the place of a God in our lives, and it multiplies our sorrows. It has reproductive power. I will use the example I've used many, many times, okay? A 9 millimeter gun has great power to destroy the enemy coming into a home where a father uses it to protect his children. But that same 9mm gun in the hands of an abusive father can kill his children. Power either way. The taskmaster has the power to infect entire lineages and entire nations. It reproduces curses. It reproduces pain. It reproduces agony. It reproduces turmoil generation after generation. That's why it must be destroyed. That's why God said, kill it. Annihilate it. Because if it's living and it's in the wrong position. It's going to destroy children. It's going to kill families. It's going to infect generation after generation after generation. And then ultimately overpowers entire nations. How do you think AIDS infected so many in Africa? Sex. Not adult to adult. You better make sure you hear me. Not adult to adult. Adult to children. Sex as a taskmaster. Out of its proper alignment. Jesus Christ said, I want that person, that old person, where you were dominated by a worldly, painful, reproductive taskmaster. I'm giving you the chance to repent and crucify your flesh and be buried with me and kill that taskmaster and rise in newness of life. Demolish it. Put pornography to death. Destroy the lust in your life that causes you to breach your marriage. Let's face it. 
It's not popular. It's not fun to teach. It's not fun to hear. But this is what I seek to do tonight. Hope I can paint a good word picture. And as I was typing these notes, I could see it. I could see like this word picture, and I hope you can too. DC, if you would come. So I seek tonight. I'm going to read it like I wrote it. I seek tonight. If you would close your eyes and try to picture this. To pull out an ancient treasure chest. This fine pull out of, you've got an ancient treasure chest, and I'm digging in. And I'm pulling out this fine treasure that has become corroded over time with Satan's deception. It has extreme value. It is still a powerful treasure. And tonight what I'm seeking to do is wipe off the corrosion that's distorted it, that's made it where you can't see the beauty of it, that's made it where nobody seeks it as something valuable and wipe away the distortion of deception and the cheapening of this world until you can begin to see in its real value God's ancient treasure that he created and he designed and he gave to his children. I am declaring tonight that the king, kings have treasure. I am declaring tonight that the king of glory, the creator of this treasure, keep your eyes closed if you will, is going to miraculously deliver men and women, young and old, of the taskmaster of counterfeit sexual intimacy. Do you know that we are moving into an age where you may pull up pornography and you think you're looking at a man or you think you're looking at a woman and you're looking at a robot. We are moving into the age where you can take a picture of somebody that you have a big crush on and you can plug it into a computer system and you can, you can strip its clothes off and you can tell that thing, that person, to do whatever you want it to do. And it's a robot with the face. It's AI. It's artificial intelligence with the face of whoever you want it to have on it. It's counterfeit. It's cheap. It reproduces brokenness and pain. God is here to give a master miracle. And I recognize that many in the global church, many in the global church have been oppressed by the taskmaster of sex. And what the Lord has told me is he, almighty God, your true master is willing and able to break the bonds of this taskmaster off of you completely. He is able to deliver you Completely, Revelations 2, 18 through 23. Revelations 2, 18 through 23. This is why I have to preach on this. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, 
This is in the end days, in the end days in Revelation. These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. Your master. I know your works. I know your love. I know your service. I know your faith. I know your patience. I know you've done so much. And I'm so proud of that. But I have something against you. Because you allow. Everybody say the word allow. You allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants, my people to commit sexual immorality. You, church, he is saying, you allow her. You allow, you allow it in the church. He says, and I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, but she did not repent. And I will cast her into a sick bed. And those who commit adultery with her, if I don't love you, then I just wave at you as the Father casts you into torment. Do I love you? Do I love you? You tell me. Do I love you? Or do I just watch you? Do I just let us be the church where God says, you allowed it, Pastor Bree. You allowed it, Pastor Jeremy. You let it go on in your, under your watch. He says, unless they repent of their deeds. This is a good news message. Why? Because I'm telling you, you have time to repent. Everybody breathe. That means you have time to repent. I love you enough to say, you don't have to be cast into tribulation. You don't have to be cast into great pain and suffering. He says, I will kill her children. Her what? It reproduces. It reproduces. I will kill her children with death. And I will kill all the churches. Am I not reading the word of God? I wish I had a little pointer. I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he. I'm going to show up in the midst of the churches. And either the church quits tolerating it or the church is going to see one way or other. But I am who I say I am. And I mean what I say I mean. I search minds and I search hearts. And I will give to each of you according to your works. So let me say this. If you are controlled by this taskmaster, whether it be through pornography, fornication, the pain of rape, the pain of molestation, adultery, pedophilia, or any other, any of the many other, many, many, many other counterfeit forms of God's design, and I am inviting you tonight to not continue to live under that oppression. I'm not going to ask everybody to stand. In fact, I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads right now. 
I'm inviting you. I'm asking you. And honestly, I'm pleading with you. Do not continue to live under the oppression, under the domination of the counterfeit, of the worldly taskmaster. Repent. Right now you can repent. God, I'm sorry. Just admit it. Just admit it. Quit running from it. Quit making excuses. Quit blaming it. Just repent of it. Just bring your pain of the past to Him. I know you were mistreated. I know somebody hurt you when you were young and you didn't ask for it. And that set you up to do things that you never even wanted to do. But just repent of it. Just, God, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. I've been your child. I've been your child. and, And I've known I was your child. And I've searched after you with all of my heart. But there's been the presence of this other taskmaster and And when it tells me to jump, I jump. And when it tells me to flirt, I flirt. And when it tells me to leave my my boundaries, I leave my boundaries. And when it tells me to lust, I lust. And when it tells me to seduce, I seduce. And when it tells me to do this, I do this. God, there's another taskmaster in my life, and I don't want to live with it forever. And I don't want my children. I don't want to reproduce it in my children. I don't want to pass it generation to generation. I look back and I realize it was passed to me generation to generation. And I don't want to to reproduce that pain. I don't want to reproduce that harm. I want to put it to death. I want to put it to death completely. I want to put it to death completely. DC, if you'll just play a little stronger. Todd, if you'll just bring him up a little louder. My voice is gone, so you may have to bring me up. I'm going to say this. Everybody, I want you to say this with me. Okay? Everybody out loud. I want you to say, Taskmaster of sex, I renounce you now in the name of Jesus. You have no more control over me I am not your home and I will not be controlled by you any longer so I'm commanding you in Jesus name leave me now and I say in the name of Jesus spirit and I'm going to do this now everybody everybody you just lift your hands right now everybody it doesn't matter nobody this is not for one person this is for everybody I'm speaking as a pastor right now spirit of lust I bind you right now in the name of Jesus and I command you to loose God's people and let them go spirit of seduction I bind you right now in Jesus name and I command you to break off of God's people spirit of sexual perversion we will not tolerate you and we do not give you authority in this house and I bind you in Jesus name and I command you to loose God's people and let them go addiction to pornography addiction to pedophilia pain of molestation every one of you I bind you right now in the name of Jesus I bind you as the strong man and I go in and I get God's children and I take them back and I say let God's people go in the name of Jesus let God's people go come on put your hands together let God's people go let God's people go everybody stand to your feet if you will so father I ask right now I've got two minutes 
two minutes. I say, Holy Spirit, sweep through these men and women of covenant and renew our covenant with you. There is no sin. You said that if we repent, we have an advocate with you. And you are faithful to forgive us of all of our sins and all of our unrighteousness. Wash us clean in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, sweep through this place and reconcile husbands and wives. Holy Spirit, sweep through this place and re-establish our purity. Wash us clean. Listen to me, church family. The Word of God says, come and let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be like blood, they sh though they be like crimson, they shall be white as wool. Holy Spirit, right now, bathe us. Holy Spirit, purify us from the pain of molestation. Holy Spirit, purify us from the pain of rape. Holy Spirit, purify us from the sin of illicit sex. Holy Spirit, purify us. Reestablish our purity. We receive, everybody just lift your hands right now. We receive your purity. We receive your, your second chance. We receive your washing. We receive your forgiveness. Come on, forgive yourself. You are forgiven. I declare this. If you repent, he says, you are forgiven. I bind the spirit of guilt and I bind the spirit of shame in the name of Jesus. Let God's people go. This is not a message of condemnation. This is a message of hope. Be set free in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Lord bless you. I do want to say this. Yeah, put your hands together. I do want to say this. Sunday night. Sunday night we are having a deliverance service our prayer service is going to look it's 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 going to be different this Sunday night it is mass deliverance it doesn't matter if there's 200 people here all 200 people can receive deliverance okay so if you desire deliverance then come if you don't need deliverance but you are willing to help us pray with others come it is for everyone that wants to be a part of it. Be prepared in these services. Demons will leave. Demons will leave on Sunday mornings. Demons will leave on Wednesday nights. Demons will leave on Sunday nights. I want to declare this. The power of the enemy is broken. And if you've been saying this with me this week, then say it with me right now. Jesus has come to destroy the works of darkness. And he has given us the authority to do the same on his behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. You can go. Lord bless you. New Kingdom Heirs are going to practice at 8 o'clock. Lord bless y'all.